you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. D-O-D-G-E-R-S-T-O-D-G-E-R-S. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, flying solo today. Uh, Vince will be here with you tomorrow, and then Vince and I will be together on Friday. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, kind of a, a mishmash of things. I got some follow-up on my episode from Monday, uh, talking about the roster stuff. Uh, have a listener question about the Dodgers farm system and prospect rankings. Have a trade to talk about. And, of course, we have the fact that pitchers and catchers report for spring training today as you're listening to this. And so uh, it's officially, we're finally to baseball season. Uh, And so a lot of stuff to talk about. So that's the plan for today. But first, I want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. All right. uh, Let's first start with a little bit of feedback. First, I wanted to thank you. I've gotten a lot of comments from a lot of you on the episode Vince and I did last week when I I went on a little bit of a rant about Trevor Bauer and uh, kind of laying out my thoughts on the Trevor Bauer situation. And I've heard from a lot of you that, uh, and the feedback has been almost entirely positive, which I really appreciate. Even I've heard from some of you who don't necessarily agree with the conclusions I've come to, uh, but you uh, appreciated and recognized that I was trying to go about it in a respectful way. And, uh, and basically that it's a complicated topic and there's probably not one right answer. So I appreciate all that feedback I've heard from a lot of you. And that means a lot to me. Uh, I also heard from a lot of you after Monday's episode, uh, about the fact that I listed Matt Beatty as one of the, the roster locks. And, uh, I, I did on my notes, I said roster locks or something like locks. And, and Matt Beatty was kind of the one I had in mind who I was kind of hedging my bets for. I do expect Beatty to spend most of the year in the big leagues, whether that's with the Dodgers or with somebody else. Matt Beatty is a very good hitter. Uh, like I, I honestly believe Matt Beatty is like a, a really, really good major league hitter. And obviously he has some defensive limitations and, and he didn't show... Uh, what he could do in the batter's box in 2020 between a combination of not many opportunities and not capitalizing when he did get the opportunities. And so it's a, you know, it it would be a hard time for the Dodgers to trade Matt Beatty because his value is probably as low as it's been after his 2020 season. And so between the fact that I expect him to be in the big leagues because he's a good big league hitter and the fact that I don't expect the Dodgers to trade him, I guess that's where I'm coming from that I expect him to be on the Dodgers roster. Uh, the fact that he's left-handed and defensive li- defensively limited uh, does throw a kink in that because, you know, uh, you, we also could have just been describing Edwin Rios, who has more power than Beatty. I think Beatty is a better hitter than Rios, uh, but not as powerful, obviously. And so there might not be room for both of them on the roster. Uh, so th- there's definitely some question marks, and in hindsight, I maybe should have listed Beatty as one of the 
the possibilities to fill a spot and left, you know, said there's only 11 position player locks. Uh, but, you know, it's at least, you know, where I was coming from. Um, and mostly uh, it, it was it may be just semantics more than anything else of what's a lock and what's not. But I do expect Beatty to contribute to the Dodgers this year uh, in a pretty meaningful way. Uh, so that's all the follow-ups. Let's, let's move on to, to new stuff. Uh, news on Tuesday, the Dodgers traded Josh Spores. They had DFA'd him last week, uh, in order to sign Trevor Bauer. And when, when you DFA a guy, you have a few days to either trade him or release him or, or put him through waivers. And if he clears waivers, then he just drops off the 40 man roster and stays in your organization. Uh, but uh, apparently the Rangers must have put in a, a waiver claim on Spores, and uh, so the Dodgers worked out a trade. They traded him to the Rangers for a guy named John Zambrano, a Venezuelan pitcher who just turned 19, another guy who uh, none of us had ever heard of until till Tuesday, and I'm not going to pretend to know anything about him, but he is tall and lanky. He's 6'3", listed at 6'3", 165. So that's the same height as me and, you know, about uh, less than half of my weight. Uh, and so he's a, he, he's a skinny guy. So there's, there's some room to grow into his body and he has yet to pitch in the United States. He's pitching the Dominican summer league for the Rangers in 2019. And then obviously there was no minor league season in 2020. So kind of a, a lottery, lottery ticket there, but uh, you know, Josh Spores was never going to be a big part of the Dodgers uh, bullpen. And so it made sense that he was one of the DFA'd and it made sense for them to trade him and get what they could for him. And, you know, a guy like Zambrano, uh, just looking at what we do know about him, uh, seems like a good fit for the Dodgers player development system. And if if any team can get a lot out of him, it's them. Uh, Another little bit of news that came out Tuesday, the Dodgers, uh, apparently signed Matt Davidson and gave him a non-roster invite to spring training. Davidson is really, really interesting. Uh, He's played parts of five seasons in the big leagues with the Diamondbacks, the White Sox, and the Reds. Most recently last year with the Reds, he had 47 plate appearances and batted 163. Uh, He did hit three home runs and that's kind of, that's who he is. Uh, he hits a lot of home runs and strikes out a lot in his his career he only has a little over a thousand career plate appearances so less than two seasons worth and he has 52 homers and 368 strikeouts that's the remarkable and only 85 walks the dude doesn't walk and he strikes out a ton and and so you know over a 600 plate appearance pace that's 205 strikeouts per 600 plate appearances, which is just way too many. Uh, and so Davidson, I'm not expecting anything from. I understand why he would be interested in signing with the Dodgers. He's a Southern California boy. He's from Yucaipa. Um, you know, probably grew up a Dodger fan, as most of us Southern California boys do. And so uh, the Dodgers, you know, he's not eligible for free agency for a couple of years. He's a minor league free agent. So if they do keep him, if he makes the team, they've got some team control. But uh, chances are, unless the Dodgers player development system can fix his swing so that he stops, stops striking out so much and fix his eye so that he learns to take a walk, uh, chances are 
this is the only time we're ever going to talk about Matt Davidson on this podcast. Uh, and if it's not, I'll eat my shoe. That went well last year with the Victor Gonzalez talks. So, uh, yeah, so, but he is coming to, to spring training as a non-roster invite. Uh, they, they put out their list of all their NRIs and, uh, basically all the guys you would expect all their top prospects who aren't on the 40 man roster. They're coming to spring training. Uh, maybe Clayton beater was the one notable exception. And I don't know why that would be. Uh, but other than that, everybody you expect to see at spring training, we're going to see at spring training. So, uh, I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I will talk more about, uh, We've got, uh, I had a a listener question about the Dodgers farm system and their prospect list. So uh, keep it locked on Dodgers for that. All right, let's talk a little bit about this, this text that I got from our loyal listener, Greg from Bartlett, Illinois. I, I like Greg a lot. He's always texting us and really appreciate his thoughts. He's a Dodger fan in Illinois. He's looking forward to going to Cubs games to see Jock Peterson this year. Um, and he's hoping to see him back in 2022 at the All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium. Uh, but he he texted us on Tuesday. He says, hey, guys, as we start spring training, the annual prospect lists look worse than usual for the Dodgers. Given the starting point, along with the unprecedented break in the normal flow of prospect development and information, I'm very interested to see how things unfold in 2021. I suspect that the main reason for the lower than usual prospect rankings is the absence of meaningful information. I also suspect that the end of year rankings will underscore how good the Dodgers are at player development. What do you think? Uh, and, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because it's true. You know, the, the Dodgers, I, I've seen different systems ranking them, but they're around 10th in, in baseball in prospect rankings, overall prospect rankings this year. And that is lower than they've been in a while. And uh, there are a few things that contribute to that. And and I think Greg hits one of them. The fact that they didn't have any minor league system, uh, any minor league games last year, and no real information on the alternate site. And so you have a lot of guys, whether it's Kendall Williams, who they just traded for last year, or you know the, the guys they, they drafted, Bobby Miller and Landon Knack and Clayton Beater. Those guys aren't really... If they are showing up on prospect lists, it's guys who are guessing, uh, you know, based on their college stats or whatever and and performances. So it's hard to know. We haven't seen any of the results of the Dodgers player dev system on those guys. Uh, so, so that's definitely a big part of it. You know, if those guys, those pitchers, especially the, the pitchers who the Dodgers drafted and and uh, Jake Vogel who the Dodgers drafted last year, who has elite speed, elite defense, and just needs to become a better hitter. Well, Dodgers player dev system might help with that too. So we might see a lot of the guys, I mean, a lot, they only drafted six guys last year, but we might see them start really skyrocketing up prospect lists once the Dodgers player development gets a hold of them. Uh, another thing that's contributing to it is, you know, they, they had... Uh, Gavin Lux graduate from prospect status. And usually when a guy graduates from prospect status, when he's a top prospect like that, he has become a contributor at the big league level. And Lux hasn't really done that yet either. And so he's kind of in that limbo space, but you know, him not being a prospect anymore, it hurts the Dodgers prospect rankings, 
but the fact that he isn't yet contributing on the big league level means there's still stuff to look forward to. So even though Gavin Lux isn't technically a prospect, he's still a guy we can look forward to coming in and adding to uh, an amazingly good team from last year. That team was amazingly good last year without Gavin Lux for the most part. And so, uh, so while the, he doesn't count on the prospect rankings, he does count. He, he's a prospect in spirit as far as what we can look forward to for the future. And then the other thing that I've seen a lot of people talking about who do these prospect lists is while the Dodgers don't have the the standout guys at the top of their list, they have so much prospect depth. And if you look down their lists, you know, one, one thing you'll notice is guys are getting ranked all over the places by different, different prospect ranking organizations, baseball prospectus and, and fan graphs and, you know, all the other ones that, that do this. And you'll see guys where I noticed one Ryan Pepio was number seven on one list I saw and in the twenties on another list and Ryan Pepio, who knows what he's going to be. He's another guy who was just drafted in 2019, I think, and has a lot of real potential, but hasn't been seen a lot because of no minor league system, minor league season last year. And so there are a lot of guys who the Dodgers have a lot of depth and knowing that they have probably the best player development system in baseball means that depth could turn into a really, really good prospect system really quickly because you have, we saw when the Dodgers traded for, for, uh, I think it was for Sheldon noisy. I think he's still, uh, one of the guys they traded for who still has prospect status. I don't remember if it was noisy or not, um, but he was ranked, I think it was noisy. He was ranked like 13th, uh, no, fifth in the A's prospect list. And then he comes in and now he's 13th in the Dodgers system, which just kind of shows the the difference in depth that the Dodgers have 12 guys who would be top five for the A's. And, uh, you know, guys like that where you can put them into the Dodgers player dev system, let them develop, and you might end up with a lot of guys. When I'm looking through these lists, I'm seeing 15, 20, even 25 guys on Dodgers top 30 lists who have a realistic shot at being decent big leaguers. And that is, that's a big deal. And and so while they don't currently have necessarily the star power in the prospect lists, they do have some star power. Josiah Gray, I think a lot of people are expecting really good things from him. And then they have guys who potentially could become stars like Bobby Miller and Clayton Beater and, and those guys. Um, And then guys who with another year or two in the Dodgers development system, could end up really, really good. And so uh, it's hard to maintain a top minor league system when you're also the best team in baseball. And the Dodgers have been the best team in baseball over the last several years. And so the fact that they're still 10th in in minor league system is pretty remarkable uh, because it's hard to maintain even that much. And and I think that we're going to see that bounce back. I think Greg is exactly right that with a full minor league season this year, hopefully we're going to see a lot of guys take steps forward and we we might see guys take steps backwards too. And, uh, you know, there is, uh, one guy specifically I want to talk about that, that I also got some follow up from Monday's episode talking about, about the opening day roster and who's going to contribute this year. And, uh, and that's DJ Peters. And he is a guy who we've seen all over the place on different prospect lists and, and he's really, really intriguing. And so I want to talk a little bit about DJ Peters. He is, he has a ton of power 
And he's very good defensively. For as big as he is, he's like 6'6", 230 or so. And he plays a really good center field. I was in person at a, at a game in Salt Lake when the Oklahoma City Dodgers were playing the, the Salt Lake Bees. And I watched, uh, I watched Peters hit a home run and rob a home run in the same game. And in center field, uh, playing center field, he leaped up a tall, like, eight-foot wall and robbed a home run. Uh, and it was a really spectacular play. He can play defense. He can hit for power. Uh, he hits a lot of doubles. And But when you look at his numbers, the big thing, I was talking about Matt Davidson earlier, and the big thing that jumps about DJ, about DJ Peters is the strikeout numbers. In the minor leagues, he's averaging, per 600 plate appearances, he's averaging 185 strikeouts. And that is, that's a lot of strikeouts. Uh, I mean, and sometimes even more in Tulsa in 2018, 559 plate appearances, 192 strikeouts. Now, he did cut that down in 2019, to only 168 uh, in a few fewer plate appearances. So maybe that's a sign of progress. I don't know for sure. Um, But major league pitchers are better than minor league pitchers. And so if he's striking out that much at the minor league level, it really does concern me about what he would be like at the big league level. Uh, One thing that that some of you brought up and that I think is maybe a, a real realistic possibility is if and when the National League does go to the DH again, uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if it happens in 2021. I think it's almost a lock for 2022. If and when the National League has the DH, you could see a DH platoon with DJ Peters as the right-handed half of that platoon, which wouldn't get him nearly as many plate appearances. But you picture a platoon of a guy like him and a guy like Edwin Rios as the DHs, that's a pretty big deal. Um you know, and obviously Peters can play, he could play the outfield, so he doesn't necessarily need to be DH. I'm just thinking it may be easier to platoon him in that situation, uh, but he could be the, right, be the right-handed half of an outfield platoon too, uh, whether that is, you know, with the Dodgers. It's hard to see that being with the Dodgers. Uh, they, the Dodgers have gold glovers in center field and right field. They have A.J. Pollock in left field, who uh, is is really good. He played really well last year. And even if Pollock was going to platoon, he's also right-handed. And so that's not a spot for Peters. And so, uh, you know, if if there was to be a DH in 2021, uh, a surprise last minute DH, I could see Peters making the roster and, and being the right-handed half of a DH platoon, uh, or at least maybe not all the time, but you know, because obviously the Dodgers would use that time to give JT some time off and, and different guys days off. But I can see DJ Peters getting some time at DH. But for the most part, for me, Peters, it seems really the most likely like he is going to be an outfielder for another team sometime soonish. Uh, and maybe the Dodgers do want to wait until uh, this 2021 season gets going before trading him so that he can... Uh, maybe get off to a hot start in the minors and, and show what he can do uh, and, and maybe increase his trade value. But the fact is, yeah, Peters, I just don't see him long-term as a Dodger. I just don't see the fit there. And it makes me sad. I really like TJ Peters. He is one of the nicest guys. Uh, he He's just, I've, I told you that game in Salt Lake, we, we stayed after the game, uh, went down by the dugout and he signed for every kid there and just talking to the kids and so friendly. And he had been the same way. We went to a game in Lake Elsinore when he was playing for Ranch Cucamonga uh, a few years ago. 
and June of 2017. And, and he was the same way. He stopped, and he, even though it was a road game, and, you know, both of these times it was road games, but he stopped and he signed for kids and just super friendly and actually thanked the kids for asking for his autograph. Like just a really nice guy. And so I, I definitely root hard for guys like that to be successful. I like nice people. And DJ Peters is, from what I've seen, about as nice as they come. Uh, I just don't see his future with the Dodgers really because of his, between his limitations and the Dodgers being stacked in the outfield, uh, right now, it, it's it's hard to see that for the future. Obviously, Cody Bellinger will eventually uh, either not be a Dodger or <laughs> sign an extension. And if Bellinger does leave, maybe that is an opening in center field. But uh, I think by that time, Peters will have already already moved on. Um, other than that, that's mostly what I had to talk about today. Other than you know, pitchers and catchers rep- report today. It's an exciting thing. It, it's it's pretty meaningless uh, in the in the long run, uh, but it means baseball's back and we'll start seeing pictures from spring training. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll start having spring training games that we can watch on TV. Uh, we're going to be getting videos. It's just baseball is back and we can hopefully start figuring out what this season is going to look like when, and if fans are going to be able to be in stands and try to get back to a little bit of normal after 2020 being so weird. And so I'm a little bit more excited than usual, uh, in some ways for, for spring training to start. I'm also a little bit more hesitant to get too excited just because we had the rug pulled out from us last year. Uh, but pitchers and catchers reporting is always an exciting time. So I am excited about that. And the other thing that means is, as of today, officially, the Dodgers can put either Caleb Ferguson or Tommy Canely on the 60-day injured list, if not both, and open up a roster spot to make it official that they've signed Justin Turner. Uh, we we assumed that they would wait until Wednesday to do that, and that seems like the case now. So they're not going to have to DFA anybody else or trade anybody else to make a spot for JT. They can just put one of those guys on the 60-day injured list. I wouldn't be surprised if they only put one of them on just because 60-day injured list you generally don't use until you have to. So seems like they might only put one of them on the injured list today. Uh, I don't know which one it would be. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Both of them are definitely out for at least two more months. And so it doesn't really matter, but they'll put one of them on the 60-day injured list. And then when the time comes that they need another roster spot, whether that's because, you know, Brandon Morrow or Jimmy Nelson or somebody like that makes the team uh, or because they sign somebody or trade for somebody or whatever, uh, once they need that spot, they'll put the other one on the 60-day injured list. That's my guess. Uh, no reason to put them both on right now until you have to. So, uh that is, that's an exciting day. The spring training starting, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to this season, talking baseball with you guys all year long. I would love to hear your feedback, love to hear your thoughts, your questions. I think Vince and I might try to do a mailbag episode uh, if there's not any uh, specific news to talk about for Friday's episode. So feel free to start sending your questions in for that. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're not listening every day, uh, we would love it if you were. If you want to add one more day to your rotation each week, that would mean a lot to us. Obviously, if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the show the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you have Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it, go ahead and subscribe there. That helps other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LockedOnDodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our... Email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails and texts is 323-863-LOCK, 
888-500-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard, all hard and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.